All right, all right. Another episode of the ARBT podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Schulte, and with me is my cousin, Noah, as always. How are you today, Noah? Great. How are you? Doing great. Beautiful weather outside on this Saturday in Colorado. Um, no basketball tonight, but we got game one of the Warriors and the Spurs tomorrow, and then finally a game, an interesting game seven. Um, and that's on Monday, the, the Wizards and the Celtics. I, I don't really like how they... I just want to make a little note here. I don't like that they start rounds before the previous round is finished. Yeah, that, that annoys me a little bit because um, you're watching... Get, you're Like tomorrow night, you're going to be watching the game. And you're, you're, it's not really like the main event because the main event is yeah. Game 7 on Monday. And People just, are going to be thinking about that. They're yeah, be thinking. It's, and the Warriors-Spurs is going to be a great series. But yeah, it's going to be a fun series. It's just no one's going to... I mean, people are going to watch it. It's just not going to be like the main focus of the weekend and the and the yeah. basketball week right now. Yeah. And it's just like a little annoying to see that there's like some big games being played from another round when you're trying to move on to the second round, or you're not right, or like you're still watching this one round, but the other, another round's going on. It's just a little discombobulated. Yeah, um, I would agree. So um, we'll give a little rundown here. We'll talk um, Game Seven, uh, Wizards Celtics. Um, what we think is going to happen. And what happened to Game Six? We'll react to that, and then we'll talk about James Harden <laughs> and the Rockets just getting blown out of the blown out of the gym against the Spurs. And then we'll preview both of the conference finals and see how both of those underdogs will be able to handle playing the number one seeds. And then we'll do our prospect watch, fun one today, Lonzo. Yeah, this is gonna be the big one. <laughs> you have a uh, very different opinions about Lonzo. So and different be, outlooks on who he is. That'll be fun. And then we'll do the wrap it up with the N1 update, as always. Uh, but getting started, um, let's first react to game six of the, the Wizards and Celtics. That was amazing. Uh, John Wall at the end winning Best the game, game for us. I think so. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. Um, it was, especially with Boston before showing up in the funeral gear. Yeah. And then you, you, have, you have to win that kind of game if you're going to show up at, yeah. like it's a funeral. Please. But John Wall was great, and so was Brad- Bradley Beal. Had some clutch shots, and that team is su- like really dangerous if they can get their bench order next year. We've been on, yeah. we've both been on Bradley Beal for a while. As yeah, he's the guy that can he's definitely elevate into superstar if he's not already he's, there. Yeah, he, he's inconsistent, sure, but also he's really he's really good. He's been turning it on in the playoffs lately. He's he had a huge pull up three at the end of that Celtics game. It was just a really fun game to watch because both, both uh, all the stars of both teams were shown out. Uh, it was a really great finish to the game, and especially with John Wall getting up on the scores table and really just taking in the city. He he looks like he's he take he's he looks like he's taking it to a new level in the playoffs. Really establishing himself as the best point guard in the East, and he's still a freak athletically. Best, and his, best point guard in the East. What's that? Yeah. Best point guard in the East. Best point guard in the East. I'll say I'll stand by it. Best point guard in Best the East. Best point guard in the East. That's, that's what well, it depends on with. who you're counting as a point guard. Are you going to count Giannis as a point guard? No. What? Well, he plays point guard. He plays point for them. I, Kyrie Irving is the best point guard in the East. What? Are you crazy? <laughs> who won the finals? Last year. Yeah, John Wall has never done that. John Wall... Okay, first of all, first of all, you can't only use that as an excuse because John Wall... John Wall carried John Wall carried Washington back from that two and eight start. 
He brought them into the playoffs. And same with Isaiah. Is Isaiah is single-handedly carrying the Boston right now. So Kyrie's the third best point guard in the East. Also, I put him behind Lowry. <laughs> what? Lowry's been better for them. Lowry's been better for the Raptors. <laughs> what are you on? He's not... Kyrie doesn't provide anything else but scoring. John Wall, can pa- John Wall passes, I mean... But he does it better than anyone else. That's not true. If you need a bucket at the end of the game, I would take Kyrie over I would take Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas. I would take or, Isaiah. Or John Wall. Isaiah's like the best... The best fourth quarter player in the league. Yeah? Yeah. What about game seven of the NBA Finals? Ooh. Okay, that happened, but still. Yeah. Curry has the best handles I've ever seen. I ever. would argue with that one. But ever he doesn't seen. provide enough else besides scoring. And his scoring's... He doesn't have to on that team. But, but he, 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 he did before. But he doesn't. Walla is more complete. <sighs> Isaiah is just a phenomenal scorer. Lowry gives you is a great two way player. Okay, I just you're, I just you're reaching on Lowry. Let's no, I'm not, not even, reaching let's on Lowry. Let's not include Lowry in this discussion. He's a nice player. He averaged like twenty two and seven this year. I don't care. He's not as good as those other three. That's not true. This year he was as good as them. <laughs> He's not as good as those other three. That's ridiculous. I can't believe you would say that. He's good. He's not good in the playoffs. I'll give you that. He's not good in the playoffs, but okay. he was great all regular if season. If the other three are good in the regular season and good in the playoffs, that means they're better than Lowry, who's just good in the regular season. But he's better than them in the regular season. He is not better than them in the regular season. What are you talking about? 20 and 7? Ugh. He carried Toronto. DeMar DeRozan was there. What? DeMar is, DeMar is awful. I hate DeMar DeRozan's <laughs> game. Yeah, he sucks. Wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him. Would you want Demar? Would you want Demar on this? I wouldn't say. Too? I wouldn't say no to Demar Derozan. I would. What? His game is so. It's throwback. It's so inefficient. It's he's he has effective field goal percentages like Moutier's effective field goal percentage. <sighs> he's a volume scorer in the mid range, and that's not what you want. They need it. The Nuggets would need a scorer though, especially if. But Gallo's he only lead. works in the mid range. That's what Gallo did. Demar Derozan could do it better. But Gallo can shoot threes. Demar can't shoot threes. Gallo can't even shoot threes that Gallo can shoot threes pretty well. He can shoot better than DeMar. Look, but the main problem here is your asinine statement that Kyle Lowry is as good or better than Kyrie Irving. He is. What? <laughs> he is. He's better than Kyrie. This so, year, he was better than Kyrie in the regular season. So the Cavs would trade Kyrie Irving for Kyle Lowry straight up? No. Well, no one trades no. stars straight up. But if you if Kyle Lowry's the better player, why wouldn't the Cavs do that? That's a ridiculous. That would be ugh, that's dumb. I I think they would. He's a really he's a tough defender. <laughs> he's like thirty two years old. Too. He's a tough defender. <laughs> they need defense. Look, here's the thing. He's just a bet. He's a tough defender. Ugh. Okay, for the next five years, I would rather have uh, Kyrie. But right now, I would rather have Lowry. How did that work out for the Raptors? They also have DeMar, but the problem is their third, like, everyone else behind DeMar and Kyle. Also, their coach ran a system that was from the 90s. They have more problems than, you can't blame everything on Lowry. Some of it was Lowry's fault. I'm not blaming it on Lowry. Okay, but some of it, you can't hold it against Lowry. Some of it was his fault, but also they they were not built to win in, in the playoffs in this in this year, okay? Why did they make those two trades? That was, that, those was, were good trades. It's quote-unquote going all If you're going to go all in, trade for players better than P.J. Tucker and Serge Ibaka. That's, that's my but problem. They, there was no one available. Like, then don't go they all didn't in. have the assets. Then don't go all in. That's a good point. But they can easily re, they can rebuild this summer. If they don't sign Lowry. If they don't sign Lowry and they don't sign Serge. Would you want Lowry on the Nuggets? Yeah. 
I will not want Lowry on the Nuggets. You're going to want to pay him $36 million when he's like 35. Okay, see, here's the thing. I, I'm going to get off track a little bit here. Million. Here's the thing. I'm going to get off, tra- off track a little bit here. We already are we've, been talking about, we've been talking about Isaiah, right? Yeah. We've been talking about Isaiah and how he d- totally deserves a Supermax. Well, would you want to pay Isaiah when he was a 35-year-old point guard who's 5'7"? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be. He's 28. $40 million. He's 28. He's 29. Right I thought he was 28. No, he's 29. Okay, well, you'd still be 33, 34. But he's a defensive liability. He always has been, though. Okay, but he relies a lot on his quickness, and and as soon as point guards hit, when point guards hit thirty one, there's a noticeable drop off in production. It doesn't matter who you are, unless you're Chris Paul. There's definitely Steve a noticeable drop off. Tony Parker happened for them. Exceptions, exceptions. Isaiah okay. Thomas is an Isaiah, exception. I don't, we don't know if Isaiah is an exception. We're Thomas, not there yet. Thomas does. But I just don't want to bank on a five foot seven point guard and pay. At thir- at thirty two, paying him forty million dollars. I don't want to do that. The alternative is letting Isaiah Thomas go to another team. That's the problem. That's the problem they're in right now. So what I would are we not, talking about this for? I wouldn't, sign him to, I wouldn't sign him to the Supermax. Well, if that's what it takes to sign him, then you have to do it. But would he, the question is, would he leave? You can't, you can't let a 28-year-old in his prime point 29. guard. 29. He's exiting his prime. What? He's not exiting his prime. Has he been this good before? He hasn't been this good before. This is his peak. This is his peak. You have to keep but him. Are, do you think he's going to be this good next year? You think yes. he's going to be this good yes. year after that? Yes. I think he has two or three good years left, and you can't let a guy leave because of the last one or two years on the contract. But this comes down to the thing if Ainge really thinks they have a chance. They do if they get the number one pick this year to pair with Isaiah. If they get the number one pick, they, they're going to draft Markel. But I don't know if he's ready to take on the role they need him to take on. What role is that? Go to Like a second go-to scorer. Horford's not that guy. He's never been that guy. Why Mark, wouldn't Marco no Fultz be able to do that? He's still, a 19, he's still a young rookie. I don't care about his age. Have you seen Marco Fultz play? Yeah, but against who? Okay. Well, you, then why do we look think... at any college tape then? Well, it's just against college players, so uh, I, I, what difference I like, I, like, ah, I, I love uh, Markel. The tape, that's against college I players. I love Markel. I just don't know if he's going to be as big as – he's going to have as well, big Well, of course you don't know. He's a, he's a prospect. He is a prospect. So it's – do they think that – does Ainge think that they are they're going to be able to contend for a title seriously in the next two years? Why wouldn't he think that? They're the number one seed this because year. Because there's, obvi- there's evidence that they're not. But you have to think that. I mean, to let what – what do the Celtics do if they let Isaiah walk? What is their plan? They have a lot of young guys. They have Jalen Brown. Mark, they have the number one pick coming up. They have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of assets. They have Al Horford still there. What they have they, a decent plan. What do they gain by letting him walk? They financial flexibility <laughs> for the future. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if, if they if they sign Isaiah Thomas. If they sign still Isaiah, be able they have to, to play okay. Gordon Hayward too. If, if they sign Isaiah, the only thing is they have to they they have to make a move. They have to make a move somewhere else because Isaiah's prime is Mello, closing. Mello or Gordon Hayward. Oh, Mello. He's not. He's a good fit for that team. It's just man, two ball like hogs him. like Mello and Isaiah Thomas on the same team. <laughs> not be fun. <laughs> I mean, you not could theoretically you could have Markel, uh, not Markel, uh, Mello come off the bench, but we, he has such a big ego. I don't think that he would do that. I wouldn't mind Mello coming off the bench. I would but start. I, him. I, I he's Jay just Crowder such a defensive be. liability. Jay Crowder would probably start actually. Yeah, Jay would start. I would say they just need someone for when Isaiah comes out because he can't play all forty-eight. No one can play all forty-eight consistently, and I think that if they 
They need if they're gonna sign Isaiah, they need to sign another star with him. Like they, they need will. to sign another star. They they need to consolidate. They need to do something because Age cannot be paying the cannot be paying Isaiah the supermax, but still not be in title contention. That's that's my big thing. All right, so we covered that. Um, one last definitive answer. That's so off the rails. One last definitive answer from you: If the Nuggets offer Kyle Lowry thirty-six million dollars a year, so you'd be paying him when he's like thirty-five, thirty-six. Would you do that and take away Jamal from Jamal Murray's development and Gary Harris's development too, and Malik Beasley's development and Emmanuel Moutier's development? Okay, are you gonna keep listing players? <laughs> uh, pro- probably not. I'd pay him. I want him for like two or three more years, but then I could maybe like a player option, maybe a team option after the third. Well, he wouldn't take that. If I know the Raptors would do that. If- I would. I want him for the right deal. I don't want to be paying him the super. I don't want to be paying him the. The only reason he would leave the Raptors, I think, is if he got more money somewhere else. So you're not going to get a, a bargain. No, he said he was going to already look because I think he's. I think he realizes that they're not going to win anything with. You know, I saw he might go to Philly. You I look at Philly's too. roster with Kyle Lowry, and you got Ben Simmons and Saric and Embiid. That's it. And they got a top like five pick. Yeah, that's a there. top five team if they if they play other cards right. Top five. Top five team in the East. In the East. In the East. I'm not saying they're gonna become like the Rockets or something like that. Which we should get to later. Wait, we, but we haven't later. even talked about Game Six yet. Yeah, we haven't talked about Game Six. <laughs> yeah, right, great game. Right. John Wall hits the the step step back three. That was from deep. Too. Goes nuts. Um, is that like the first? That's the first buzzer beater in the the playoffs this year, isn't it? I think no. Well, it wasn't uh, really Marcus all Marcus all had one against the Spurs right. earlier. It wasn't really a buzzer beater. I mean, there's still three seconds left. But a really fun game, setting up an even better Game 7. All the bad blood between the two teams, you heard it after the game. Yeah. It was it John Wall or Bradley Beal who said that if you're going to wear all black... It was John Wall. It was, I mean, John, Bradley Beal would never say that. It's John Wall. If you're going to wear all black like that, you better you better make sure you win. Yeah, you have Which to win. Which is clear. I mean, Yeah, you if you're going to like go and in, in, try to intimidate a team, you have to win. Otherwise, it's just stupid. But and intimidating. They're, they probably didn't even know that they wore all black till the game was over anyway. Yeah, they don't care. That, so that was dumb. That is, I think that might be the, the Wizards might be the pettiest team in basketball. Because they have Marquise Morris, they have John the Wizards, Wall. The Celtics wore all black. They're not as petty, though. Like They won't go out of their way to be super petty. The, they were only copying what the Wizards did at the beginning of the season with the funeral game. Which the Wizards won, by the way, which is what you have to do. Yeah. That's just a, that's a fun team to watch though. Who was it on the Wizards that, that kicked Mason Plumley in the nuts? <laughs> Probably Markeith. I would. Bet. It was either Markeith or Marcin Gortat. Uh, Classic. I'd say, Mar- I'd say Markeith. Classic say Draymond Markeith. move right there. That's just a fun game because there's so much bad blood with like the Kelly Kelly Olynyk Kelly Oubre thing. Yeah. And it, that's just such a fun series right now. I hope that the game seven doesn't disappoint like the LA Utah game earlier. Game 7 where it was just a blowout for Utah. I want to talk about blowouts for a minute. Um, it's not been a fun playoffs. You pair the playoffs, two biggest problems here. One, you pretty much know what's going to happen with the one seeds winning. And you pair that with seemingly every big game, like the Game 7, Clippers-Jazz, Game, game six, 6, Rockets-Spurs. Yeah. It's been a blowout. I mean, you, people are turning their TVs off at halftime because the game's already over. And it happens all the time in basketball. There's way too many blowouts. But there's no way to fix that. I know. It's just uncomfortable. It's just, it's, yeah, it's not, I'm not, it's not fun. That. But I just think it's, this year especially, it's just, the playoffs, 
they feel me- a little less meaningful than they did in years past because the top two teams are so so much better than everyone else that they just that you know what's going to happen no matter what like you know it's it's fun up to a point because you realize it's it's a fun series but then you see who they're playing next and you say it doesn't matter they're going the Cavs are going to win or the Warriors are going to win it's just not it's it's not as meaningful it's not it's not as interesting you know i was thinking about this um, i don't think it'll ever happen um, but the NBA went to the salary cap era, but it's not really a salary cap because teams, tax. teams can just go over and pay extra. And I'm sure the NBA just loves that because all the good teams pay luxury tax. NBA is raking in profits. But I think if you're going to um, bring more parity into the game, then you need a harder cap so that teams can't just spend whatever they want to get the players they want. It needs to be a more even playing field if you want the playoffs to be more intriguing, if you don't want super teams, and if you want uh, and more intriguing playoffs. I think that, that that's, an, that's a really good idea. It's just – that then you turn into the NFL. I mean, the, the NFL has a lot of parity in it, and everyone can, anyone can win any given game, but is that really what you want in the NBA? Like, you could have that, that means you could have a finals with – it's like the, rocker, the Rockets versus, like, the Pacers or something like that. Would you want to watch that finals or would that, would that be as interesting to you as Golden State Cleveland? Um, no, you'd still want the best teams to play, of course. But that, but, but then you could run into the same problem. It's boring. Like the playoffs are boring because you know what's going to happen. I like the NFL playoffs though. The best teams yeah, they're fun. win. And the best teams don't always win though. There are upsets. But the better teams that day, you have to play well in the playoffs. Now, there's no premium on playing well in the playoffs. What? It's it's just the Cavs and the the Warriors. It People doesn't matter. People still care. It doesn't they matter care. How, where, how well these other teams play. But they still think they have a chance. It's just not as fun for the viewer. Well, the teams still think they have a chance, but no one else does. Are you going to say... Wait, so you're going to say that the Wizards have no chance of beating the Cavs? I'm not going to say no chance, but it's pretty slim. It is slim, but that's why you watch to see if it happens. Okay. Like you, there was a, there was a slim chance that the Nuggets back at, back in the day were going to beat the SuperSonics in the playoffs, but I mean you don't see as many upsets there. now that there's a game seven series seven, seven series. series. Yeah, that's a good point. And it was only it was. But the NBA needs to decide if they want the best teams to play in the finals or if they want upsets and Cinderella stories. Because when was the last true Cinderella like low seed to? Advance to the conference finals or the finals. Memphis in like 2012, they they went to the conference finals. They were kind of an underdog. Yeah, I guess. But it's been a it's like it's the, you, once in a blue moon that yeah. it happens. You look at the NHL playoffs. The Predators are the eighth seed. They're in the final uh, Western Conference Finals, and they they won last night again. Yeah, you don't see stuff like that happen. And like in football, the Ravens win the Super Bowl as the sixth seed. Yeah, stuff like that happens more. But do you want that to happen in the NBA? I don't mind it happening. I, I, I think that it's more interesting. Teams can get hot. Yeah, I, I think it's just more interesting in the in the, in the NFL because it's a one game. One, it's a one game series. It's not even a series. It's just one game. But I think in the NBA, it's more interesting to have the two best teams in the NBA go at it. Well, and then it's, it's like they start to hate each other, and then the rivalry forms, and that's when it gets fun. It's more interesting for the finals, but it's not yeah. more interesting for the first three rounds. That's, that's a good point, but would, are, would you be willing to sacrifice a really fun finals for, I mean... It's not my call. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, but it's, we, none of the stuff we're really saying matters. 
Like, the NBA is not going to fix no, it unless the players hold out big time. I don't think they will, though. And they, the they players might. are getting paid handsomely. They don't care as long as they have a chance to win. So yeah, that, that's, just that's, fans, it's just, it's just, it's just a fans complaining problem. Yeah, that, that's really what this is about. But uh, let, let's move on to... Uh, Wait, let's make predictions for Game 7. Okay, Game 7, I'd say... I, I want, I'd say Wizards. Yeah, I want the Wizards to win. I think talent just wins out. Um, I think the Wizards would give the, the Cavs a better series. Um, but I think the Celtics win Game 7. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think Jose Thomas carries his team. He might, but also I, th- I think that Washington Washington's going to come out with a new fire. I think that they're going to be John Wall just ag- angry and aggressive, Bradley Beal aggressive. I think they're going to come out with more aggression. I think that that sort of the Celtics, but I think just talent wins out at this point. And Washington is by far the most talented team. I don't really care who wins, to be honest. I want a close game. Yeah, that, that's just gonna be fun. I don't. It doesn't matter who wins, but uh, let's let's move on to Harden and the Rockets and the Spurs collapse. There's a the Rockets collapse. The Rockets collapse. Yeah. There's players have bad games a lot. That was it's atrocious. an 80, 82 game season, and then there's the playoffs. But what James Harden did in that game wasn't bad. That was <laughs> uh, no one knows was what terrible. it was. It was it was horrendous. It was. Did, no yeah. effort involved, um, lackluster. Yeah. And D'Antoni's just sitting on the bench like, what the heck's – like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. If his best player's not playing, then what, it, what's it, the his point? His system is so dependent on the best player being amazing. Yeah. It's difficult, but they, they gave up. That, that's what happened. They gave up. They Who gave up first, run. Harden or the entire team? I think Harden gave up first because that team runs through him. And I think that when he, they kind of feed off his energy and feed off what he does, and when he went down, the Rockets went down. Do you think Harden gave up before the game even started? Yeah, something was wrong from the get-go. Like we talked about it last week, he didn't look healthy, at least to me, and I think to you too. Yeah, he, he wasn't attacking off right. the pick and roll. He was and passing he would, a lot where yeah. he normally would attack the rim. And he, he passed out of shots a, a couple times during the game last night. Yeah, he would pass on uh, open threes and just. Give it, make really silly passes. He only had like two shots in the first quarter. Or something, yeah, right? and he, he had it over he only had seven assists too. So his his impact is not really being felt elsewhere. Did and you hear uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, talk about it? I, I don't. He said he looked like he was roofied, <laughs> like he he was poisoned or something. Maybe. <laughs> I I heard D'Antoni talking about that he he thought it was like a cold or something like that, but something's really wrong there. I don't think we're going to learn about it until later. If you it's if it comes out a, a few days later um, that he was battling the flu, one, would you believe that that's what was actually happening? And no. two, would you would it make you, as if you're a Rockets fan, feel better about what happened? No, because <laughs> no, because I think if he was battling battling the flu, then Dan, Dan Tony should have known that. He should have seen that, and he should have played more players. Instead of just using his stupid seven-man rotations, and yeah, he could have definitely made adjustments before that. He could have he could have tweaked his system a little bit. It would not have made me feel better if I was a Rockets fan, but I definitely would not believe it was the flu because he didn't. He wasn't showing like the fatigue of. He wasn't showing what like any flu system, symptoms. He wasn't like he wasn't noticeably sick. He was just noticeably different. Tony gets a pass on. I mean, Harden didn't show up, but the seven-man rotations that he employed throughout the series and the previous series seem inexcusable to me. I yeah. Mean, 
they, they were gassed at the end of every game, and they were gassed clearly in game six. Yeah, and they needed they, they could have used Montrez Harrell more. They should have used Decker more. Yeah, they should use Montrez Harrell. They should use their young guys, Troy Williams, Sam Decker. They should have used all those guys more because they're young. They're they have energy. They need they need the minutes. Like they need developmental minutes, well, and that's what's really. They wouldn't Decker, be playing. They wouldn't be playing those guys for developmental minutes. They'd be playing them because they're not Decker's that much impactful. worse than. They're not that much worse than the guys that were out there. Yeah, and, and Decker's really impactful too. Like they could have definitely used him out there on defense. Mm-hmm. He could he could knock down an open three. Like they really need Dan. That's really an indictment on Dan Tony for not really playing anyone else, not really tweaking anything. He just kind of. And it, you see him on the bench at yeah. the end of like the third or fourth quarter, and fourth quarter is just sitting there. Totally defeated, defeated. It was just like they, something was really wrong with the Rockets. I mean, it clearly was something. I don't think we're going to figure it out until much later. But something was wrong with Harden. Maybe he was sick. Maybe something happened the night before that was in his personal life. But something was definitely, definitely wrong. Pure speculation. But, but yeah, something, something happened. He was missing. He was passing up open shots. He was. He wasn't attacking out, out of pick and roll. And it, it was ugly. It was ugly. Um. Look at, looking at that game from the flip side, classic Spurs game. Just classic. Yeah. How do they win? How do they win without Parker and Kawhi? That's like Dejounte Murray comes Spurs in and magic. looks like a star. He ran the show. Dejounte Murray is that point is going to be really good in the league. How did he fall to thirtieth in the draft? That that was so dumb. I don't know. I don't know. People said he was he could be a lottery pick, but yeah, then he fell. I thought super he was, far. and then I was like, what's happening? I think he just wasn't as NBA ready as a lot of the players because. Last year wasn't a star draft, but it was a role player draft, and I think that he wasn't as ready. He's still not as ready as someone like Torian Prince for the Hawks, or a lot. Or he didn't offer the upside that a lot of the like develop like development guys like Papianis and Yabusele for the Celtics. Like Papianis going to be good? No, he's bad. But no one. Dejounte Murray looks like more of a prospect project because he was really thin and he could. He still can't shoot that well. And so maybe that's why he fell, but he they they definitely stole him there. It's a, it was such a Spurs draft pick. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about um, the Spurs and the Warriors series. Sort of a jump ahead. Um. You know, the Spurs in that series they played games where it's like, oh my God, they're done. They're never going to win another playoff game again, and then they somehow resurrect themselves without Kawhi. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> and um, Kawhi was out. Did you see Kawhi was out, like, clubbing and going to strip clubs after the game? What? After the game, he didn't play him. Kawhi? Yeah. He's not a robot. He's just like any other NBA that player. That can't be right. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it's on TMZ. There's pictures of him. They said they were chaining MVP in all the clubs he was at. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Wow, that just... No, it's not the impression that Kawhi is some sort of robot. Okay, can you really argue that he... Besides that, those pictures that he's not... He really <laughs> did that? That yes. seems like such an un-Kawhi I'm not though. making it up. Um, wow. But he'll probably play in the Warriors series. Um, how many games do you think that series goes? I think six, if the Spurs are lucky. Yeah, I think six, too. But it really depends on the health of Kawhi because it takes. A, I think it takes a lot more for him to come out because he's such a tough player, and he really has like that competitive fire in him. And so I think something is seriously wrong with him that he didn't play Game Six, or it might have just been Popovich wanted to rest him. Well, he really did look a, right at the end of Game Five. He really didn't. Yeah, 
that's why he didn't play in overtime. But I think this is where, like you were saying last week, the the Parker injury with Murray coming in actually kind of helps them because he's yeah he'll, he'll check. Um, Thank you. Thank you. He'll for check Steph Curry. And but he, he he won't do anything. To, he'll slow him down more than. Well, he'll do could. better than Parker. He'll do better anyone. Yeah, he'll do better than Parker because he's so long and so athletic. But yeah, um, I think that what happened in Game Six was what happens usually when the when a star player leaves or isn't playing one game and the whole team rallies around it because they think they can do it and they usually go through like a couple games where they think they're where they can like really look good and really play really well and win the game. But then they come back to earth, and so I think that they really need Kawhi back before they come back to earth. I mean, you're not gonna. There's. It's not every night you're gonna get like Jonathan, great Jonathan Simmons minutes, great Patty minutes, great mm-hmm. like Pabasol looking useful, Lamarcus getting rebounds. It's just Simmons. Simmons shows flosses all the time now. Yeah. Well, he's he, he's a restricted free agent this summer too. You think they keep him? I don't know. I never. I, I can never him. get a read on what the Spurs no, do. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it Aldridge, is Aldridge going to be here next year on the Spurs? Maybe. I don't, need to look I, I don't like contract. it. Contract, I don't know. He was so bad the first couple games of the series, he couldn't get a rebound to save his life. I mean, Kawhi goes out and LaMarcus has his best game, though. Yeah, but maybe that's just because he got more touches. It just Who's feels... more valuable to that team, Gasol or Aldridge? That's a really good question. Yeah. I, I think... I would say Aldridge. I would say Aldridge, too. Gasol's... Um, He's useful. He's just like not as valuable or as consistent. I'm not a been a huge Pow fan. I don't know, especially later as he's gone into more of a jump shooter. He's um, set, he's really accurate. He's shooting like fifty percent from three this year. Yeah, but it's limited samples. I like Lamarcus so. better. Um, I, I like. I him just be- wish he was a little more aggressive instead of just taking jump shots. That's and he also could right just get a rebound. One game would be good. Yeah. Yeah. There was like one game earlier in the series, I think it was the first or second game, where he played 42 minutes, got had two points and zero rebounds, and that's not that's inexcusable. If you're, if you're if you're six foot one and like that strong, you should be able to get more than zero rebounds. Yeah, that that's not good. That's, that's not, not good. good that no. It was terrible. He he was just so bad. I think, and like I said last week, I don't. I think that they just they they. He doesn't know what he wants to be on that team. They don't know what they want him to be on that team. Yeah, they're just trying to figure it out. So yeah, because this is the first time that Spurs, the Spurs, he was really unspursy kind of draft pick. He or not draft pick, uh, signing. Signing. Yeah, because he was a post player. He commanded a lot of touches. He's not really a great defender. It was just a very unspursy pick, and I think or signing. Jeez, <laughs> I keep they just need to figure out how to use him. Um, take a look at the Warriors. Um been impressive here's a question do you who do you think is more likely it's okay that it would happen than neither um to go undefeated all the way to the finals the Cavs or the Warriors you think either team is likely or more likely uh not the Warriors I'd say the Cavs yeah but it's because, because of the Spurs it's, it's not yeah it's not because of the, anything about the Warriors yeah. it's just the Spurs I'd never bet I don't think that I'll never bet that the Spurs get swept in the playoff series just Pop is too smart, and they're too they are too ready for anything. You know but, the Cavs are, um, I think, eleven and zero since they went down three one to the Warriors. Yeah, I was doing that. Math LeBron's playing out of his ago. mind. He's insane. He he'll never get old. I'm pretty sure he he's just gonna put up twenty five nine is, and nine until he's seventy. Is he a robot too? Just like Kawhi? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I just think Kawhi is a robot because he never shows any semblance of a yeah. person of the court, and well, he's know, such a robotic we've person. We've heard. Shut, what? We, I think you've said that at least three times on the podcast. I also tweet it a lot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, not everyone knows. Not everyone follows the Twitter. I'm going to start tweeting some more tweets on the, the ARBT? ARBT page, which you should follow, by the way. Yeah, you should definitely And it. And my page, Kyle Schulte 17 We've got to shout every game. Every podcast, we got to keep get putting out. Putting got to drive up those followers. I think we're at like 15 right now. So, yeah, so. We're, we're getting famous. <laughs> <laughs> One follower at a time, baby. We're um, almost there. So, I mean, do you want to talk about how the Celtics or Wizards um, have any chance against the Cavs? Yeah. So I'm going to go with my pick and say, and say that if the Wizards make it, they, they need John Wall to play out of his mind. They need a consistently great Bradley Beal. And they need contributions from the bench outside of Boyan because they really have no one. Brandon Jennings has just been terrible in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> Honestly, he, they need LeBron to get hurt. That's yeah, that's, really, that's really all they can do, but LeBron never gets hurt. He's pretty much a superhuman. Um, they, they, and LeBron getting flack. I, they, I they need to get unbelievably lucky. LeBron getting flack for, oh, sitting, thank you. for sitting during the regular season. Just Hi. Yeah. He's had like eight games. Let's calm down. And, and he's not acts like it was a Spurs kind of rest. And he's never been injured in his life. He plays every USA basketball event. He's played in the finals for like 10 straight years. He never takes a break. Yeah, so he, he just, just never does. eight of the games in the regular season. God. And Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan never sat. Well, Michael Jordan wouldn't play baseball for two years in the middle of his career. Yeah, he did play baseball. He did retire. There were... He was definitely pe- people. I have a lot of complaints about the way people talk about Michael Jordan as like some kind of deity kind of figure where no one can ever touch him. Yeah, it's kind of unfair because LeBron is at that level at the, at this point. He's been so good for so long, and he's just been he takes it up another level in the playoffs. He goes to almost every finals he's ever been. In, he's ever been in the league. He's and been just absolutely incredible for his entire career. But people say it doesn't matter. He's, they'll find some stupid excuse like he doesn't play in the playoffs, but he keeps he keeps debunking all those because he had one of the greatest blogs of all time. He won the cle- he ended a championship job for a city that's like fifty three years, and he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And people just need to give him more credit for that. And it's okay to think that and still think Michael Jordan is the best yes, player of all time. Yes, but for but the people d- who say that no uh, one will ever touch him, nothing anyone can ever do will ever be as good as Michael Jordan. That's someone just can bias. someone could average like fifty points a game, but like Jordan could still beat him. Like you need it. That's just bias. That's yeah, you need to stop talking. People need to stop talking about him like he's some kind of deity. Yeah. I get he's like the greatest player of all time, but he's he's not a god. He had major flaws. Then he pretty sure he bet on basketball. He definitely bet. He was a excessive gambler. He and was can you imagine saying, if LeBron James took two years off to go play baseball or football and then people came back would to basketball? destroy him? Please, people would destroy him. Yeah, it's just okay. So it's just annoying. Um, I'll talk about the Cel- what the Celtics need to do. Um, the the problem the Celtics would have against the Cavs is no one to guard LeBron. No one. No, who can guard LeBron? Like, and who's who going to guard Kyrie? Like? I mean, I guess Bradley can. Brad, but Kyrie can still insult. Because they're going to have to hide Isaiah somewhere, and there's nowhere to hide against the Cavs. They'll, they'll exploit Isaiah. Uh, no, he's too dangerous. Yeah, no. There's nowhere to put Isaiah. That's their problem. Maybe Tristan Thompson when he's out there. And the Wizards need to do a better job of exploiting Isaiah on defense. I don't know why they haven't done that. I think it's just harder because... 
he's really they try they try to post him up a lot, but that doesn't work because he's still like Isaiah's still super strong. He has a really great base. And it's the same problem with people think they can post up Harden really easily. Like Lamarcus tried to Pagasol, Lamarcus he tried to post him up. Fadeaway jump shots, please. And uh, Reggie Miller's talking about how it's insane that they're doing that, but Harden and Isaiah are super strong. They have like really great bases and they're difficult to push around. They have to be, otherwise they wouldn't be in the league. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that it's hard to exploit him one on one and like in the post and it is just running him off screen running auto off screens when he's at when Isaiah's on him. Because if you just run Isaiah through uh, like a myriad of screens, he's not going to be able to stay with him. And I think they need Scott Brooks needs to really exploit that more. Maybe he doesn't have the trust in Otto. Maybe he doesn't think. Maybe maybe he doesn't get the matchup he wants. But he really needs to somehow figure out a way to exploit Isaiah Thomas. Indeed, indeed. Um, but I mean, ultimately, it's going to be Warriors Cavs, right? Well, obviously. Okay. So that's sort of our view of how things have unfolded at this point, how we think they'll unfold going forward. Um, if anything stunning happens in the next week, we'll talk about it next week. But um, right now we'll talk about, we'll do our prospect, what's it called? The prospect, prospect watch. Prospect watch? Yeah. All right. So this week, this week we're going to be talking about Lonzo Ball. And this has been, this has been. What's that guy's name? Lonzo? Lonzo. Lonzo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. We, this has been definitely a point of tension between me and Kyle because we just have incredibly different opinions on who he is and how he's going to be as a player. And so I'm, I'm going to let Kyle take this one first. Okay. Um, I think, first of all, Noah is letting some of the LeVar Ball stuff oh. get into his head. And I think Lonzo... He's no, kind of I have legitimate concerns with him whoa, as a player. Whoa, I'm trying to give my view of the situation <laughs> <Shut> here. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. But as far as Lonzo the prospect, um, my my number one view on him is that he's different than most other top prospects. He's not some athletic freak, 6'10", with some long wingspan who can jump out of the gym and is really athletic. Um, is he's, he athletic? More of, he's more of a floor general, um, one of the best passers I've seen come out in a few years. Um, has a unique jump shot. Um, no, unique we'll try unique and, to say the least. You know, no, we'll try and... Uh, put that against him. Um, yeah, I will. Um, I think he can attack the rim pretty easily. He did that multiple times against high-level competition, Arizona, Oregon. Um, every time I watched him, he got to the rim whenever he wanted. Um, he just He's, he's kind of like Jason Kidd. That's my comparison for him. He runs the show. He's not going to wow you with 30 and 10 every night, but he's going to get get the teams into their sets. He's going to make tough shots. He's clutch, I think he is. And he brings star power to any team. I agree with that. Um, what, what's your outlook on him, though? Like, who do you think he's going to be in the NBA? What's, Jason Kidd. What's his, what does that look like for in this era, though? What is that? What is that? A Jason Kidd kind of guy? What, what's he going to be? What, what's his ceiling like? Like what? What's his like statistical ceiling? What's he? Is he going to like get a lot of accolades? He, what's he going to do? I think he'll get accolades because of his name. Because of his name, yeah. I think he'll average between fifteen and twenty points a game. He'll be at ten assists. Um, yeah. They'll have to hide him on defense a little bit. He, he won't be able to guard quick point guards. As you've seen with De'Aaron, the De'Aaron Fox game. Yeah. He'll have to guard twos and threes. And he's big enough. He's 6'5", yeah, like 6'6". He, five, he six, shut six. down Dylan Brooks that one game at Oregon. Yeah. so he he's And people will hold the De'Aaron Fox game against him, but that's not the type of player he'll guard at the yeah, NBA. That, that's my thing, too. And so um, here, here's my outlook. Here's my outlook. So I agree with everything Kyle's been saying, that he's – 
He's a transcend. He is a great passer. When he comes in the game, when he comes in the NBA, he'll immediately be a top five passer behind Jokic, obviously. Way behind Jokic. Way behind Still Jokic is like the best passer of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but really, unless it's in the uh, NBA uh, Skills Challenge. But other than that, that was the best passer. Okay, can we talk about that some more? <laughs> that was he's uh, okay. Back back to Lonzo here. Um, He's he's gonna immediately average like twelve and seven somehow he'll get there. But the only concern I have with him, I have a couple concerns actually, and they all set some of them stem from his jump shot. So one in the NBA you have to be able, as a point guard you have to be able to create offense out of the pick and roll. Every every point guard is able to do that. I just don't see Lonzo be, being able to do that. I think if you push him right, then he's gonna have a really hard time going because he wants to go left so he can get in the jump shot jump shot more smoothly. And but Alfred didn't have. The offense wasn't based on the pick and roll, so we haven't really ever. Yeah, we've seen never him. seen him in the half court. That's also another problem I have with him. I don't, I don't know how he's going to be able to create offense for himself at a high level in the in the half court or or the pick and roll without because he just doesn't have the experience. Chino never ran it for him. Uh, UCLA never ran it for him, and I just think that there's going to be problems there with his ability to create the pick and roll, and that's going to create problems with the ceiling. His passing is too good for him to have problems in the pick and roll. It's excuse me, good. this is this is my analysis. It's too right good. Here. This is my analysis. Your analysis is over. You can't say that. Okay, so I've been watching a lot of tape of Lonzo in the pick and roll, and he's just been – he has good moments. He just needs more experience. He needs, like, way more experience than what he has now. And that's I think fine. He, it's going to be difficult for him to get that with the Luke Walton system. Because the Lakers and the Warriors never really ran a lot, run a lot of pick and rolls. They run a lot of ball movement kind of thing, and that's where he will succeed. But the NBA is moving towards pure, uh, spread pick and roll offense, and I just don't know how. But if the Lakers, be, I, I just don't know how Lonzo's gonna be able to really be succeed at the, succeed in that when he doesn't have experience or the really ability to create offense at a high level. But if the Lakers don't run the pick and roll, then he won't meet, need to be good at that. But they just don't have the shooters to really make it work. And um, you're saying he doesn't have enough experience in the pick and roll. Which uh, which college player does have enough experience? Markel. Experience in what? Pick and roll. They run it for all the for all the wrongs of, for all the faults of Lorenzo Romar. He did run an NBA style offense. But you said it was. You didn't say experience in the pick and roll. You just said he doesn't have enough experience. I meant experience pick, in the pick, pick and roll. roll. Okay. Pick and roll. He doesn't have experience in the, enough experience in the half court with creating his own offense because he does rely a lot on transition, and they don't have. A, they don't have. He doesn't have like the tools. He has not advanced enough as a ball handler. He's not advanced enough as a pull up shooter to really. Okay, I see that look you're giving me. What? For everybody who's not okay, no one else is. No one who's listening to this is here right now. But Kyle, it, Kyle's giving me this look of just complete confusion. The ball handling thing. What? He's not an advanced ball handler. <laughs> based on what? The fact that he's not. What do you mean based on what? What do you? What does he need to improve ball handling wise that he he's doesn't not, already he, have? He doesn't have the wiggle. He doesn't have the shape. He doesn't have what what Markel has, where you can just like shake anyone. God. He just doesn't. The he's, standards you hold some of these prospects to. It's a day. They're not some okay. perfect player. You're an, oh, he I, sucks. I'll admit that Lonzo has a, it's going to be a, like a really good NBA player, but I just don't know what his ceiling is because 
The only way he really gets to his pull-up jumper is through a setback to the left. That's not true. That is true. It just looks like that because it's It is true because weird. he needs the room. He doesn't his jump shot takes so long he needs the room. It's not true. He can't that's why he can't pull up going right. It's because he has to pull over to the left. And it it's really awkward to watch. Do, how many times do you see him pulling up to the right? I saw him do it I think three times and he made the shot every single time. Three times in what, like thirty-three games? I didn't watch every single game. He did. He didn't do it that often. I've watched a lot of his tape. He goes left. He wants to go left, and de NBA defenders will be able to prey on that. Okay. You'll see it with like with De'Aaron Fox, who had shut him down in the uh, March Madness game, and also the game before that, the Kentucky game before that. I just don't know what his ceiling is with his faults, because he's a great prospect. He just has a lot of faults. That's fine. All right. We can agree he's on not that. perfect. He's That's not fine. perfect. He does have faults. And in this class, with Markel Fultz, Fultz is a better player. Way better. So if that's the standard that Lonzo's getting compared to, he's going to lose. That's not. I'm not comparing him to any. I'm not comparing him to Markel. I'm just saying he has faults creating offense. He has faults. Who's the second defense. best player in the draft? I'd say Jackson. Maybe Tatum. I'd put Josh Jackson two, and then Lonzo three, and then Tatum four. Yeah. Uh, Tatum, Tatum is the Melo 2.0, in my opinion. Without Do you the, want Melo 2.0? Without the psycho everything that comes with Melo. Yeah. I, I, like, I like Tatum. He needs to improve his three ball, but that's the only complaint I really have with him. Melo needs to improve his three ball, but that's when he came point. into the league, too. Okay. Um, you want to talk about something else? Is there a lot? Oh, yeah. Okay. NBA Combines this week. Yeah, we'll do a little Combine. Noah, Noah's I, been I have a lot keeping an eye on the Combine. Uh, okay. So, if you... If you don't know the name Hamadou Diallo, he's a he's a shooting guard from Kentucky. He didn't really play. He didn't play at all this year because mm -hmm. I mean he was he was 18. He's young, but he just yesterday he recorded the second highest vertical leap in NBA combine history with 44 and a half inches. His wingspan is like six 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 eleven, and his height's only six three. So he can be a really special defender at the next level if he wants to. Yeah. The only problem I have with him is if he can develop his jumper anymore. Because he has like the he has the jumper of Manuel Moutier, and that's not really who you want to have the jumper of. He's the guy you take a flyer on in the mid, mid to late first. I, I would say I would say especially in this draft, because there's a after the top ten there's not a lot of potential to draft on in most drafts especially, and I think he's wor definitely worth taking that flyer because he's, he's such good potential. Is anyone taking a, a is anyone a higher riser over the combine week than Frank Jackson? No. Frank Jackson is just insane. He's just been playing out of his inch, mind there. 42-inch vertical. Great wingspan. He's been playing really great in 5-on-5. Five five. And Duke goes from having a great great player coming back to now he's in the draft. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. Easily. Easily. I really like him as a player. He can I loved in, him at the end of last year. He can come in and be a, a quality, quality point guard in the league right away. I was screaming for K to start Frank Jackson all last year. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know why he didn't. Uh, he he looks good. Uh, Anunoby, uh, he didn't participate in the combine this week. He's a Nuggets target, I think. He's so I love him as a prospect so much because he is he's like two, six eight two thirty five two forty, and his body fat percentage is only like five point nine, which means he is just pure muscle and athleticism right now, and he's such a good defender. He has potential to be such a good defender. He's perfect for the Nuggets. It, his potential is amazing. Like if he maxes out his potential, he's an, he's an all star at least. Outside of Josh Jackson and Marco Fultz, I think he is one of the, the better fits. 
for what the Nuggets need in the draft if you're looking yeah, at this. Yeah, he's a great value pick because, like, Josh Jackson and Markel are not gettable right now. Unless the Nuggets won Unless the lottery on Tuesday. That's still not... The Nuggets, so the Nuggets have been in the lottery 14 times. They've never moved up even one slot, and they've moved down eight of the 14 times. They're due. Solid. They're due. You said that last year, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you did say that last year. <laughs> we had conversations about this. They're due. They're always due. They'll they be due. They definitely due. <laughs> um, there, there are a lot of great like potential players like that. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, who I've been raving about all year, if you haven't listened to this podcast before. I, just, I love the potential on him. He is, re- he is really versatile off- offensively and defensively. Given about Nitalkina, too. Yeah, Nitalkina. I love him. I just hope he doesn't go to the Knicks. Is it Nitalkina or Nitalkina? Nitalkina. Okay. I just hope he doesn't go to the Knicks because I hate the Knicks. And they've just been doing such a bad job. Because <laughs> I hate the Knicks. They've been doing a bad job. We, ra- we ran about this. a reason to hate them, though. Do you like the Knicks? I don't hate the Knicks. Why would I hate the Knicks? What hate reason would I have for hating the Knicks? Mellow. The Nuggets trade. Uh, that worked out Gary well Harris, for us. Gary Harris for Chris Stapps. Yeah, we went over potential. I Chris am Stapps infatuated with the Chris Stapps Jokic front court. That sounds like a fun, fun front court. That's the kind of thing that keeps me up late at night, thinking about Chris Stapps and Jokic on front court. That would be together. amazing. Woo! That'd be su- that'd be such a Nuggets move too, because he's a Euro guy. He's big. He's. <laughs> He's athletic. The problem is Chris Stapps probably wouldn't stay here. He would. Especially after he gets the, he's gotten the taste of New York life. I don't think he's he like would a stay w- in Denver. His agent even said if he gets traded, he wouldn't sign with anyone. He'd Why? Go on the free agent market. His agent said it. I don't know. His agent said it, but I don't know if that's really Chris Stapps' feeling here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so agent, la- so. Last week we were talking, we just went off on these really, um, really pointless rant and conversation about w- trades for Chris Stapps. But I mean, it's not going to happen. I like saying Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps. Porzingis. 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 KP and Yoke together. God, KP Yoke show. That'd be awesome. That'd be really fun. Um, want to move on to the M1 update? Yeah. So the Jokic update is um, Chris Stapps and Jokic together. <laughs> that That'd would be, be fun. awesome. And really the Jokic update. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't have Jokic update. When are we gonna do our we need to do like a Nuggets off-season preview. I think we should do a Nuggets off-season preview. Maybe we should do a Nuggets, Nuggets off-season review show. Yeah, that'll be a whole podcast. preview. Yeah, so stay tuned for that one. It's going to come way later in the summer, though. We'll look at the, what they should do with Gallo, how, they, who what, they should trade. They need yeah. to consolidate a little bit. We'll look at how they can do that. Yeah. Trade tar- uh, draft targets once the, the draft order gets set. We're going to have some All fun that with fun that. Stuff. We really... We really love the draft. <laughs> um, As you've noticed from the prospect watch and literally any other thing we've said on this podcast. So any big stories in basketball to wrap it up? Big Out- stories in basketball. Outside of anything we've talked about so far. Ooh. There's a deep... There's not a lot. Um, high, school recru- high school recruiting is just about wrapping up. A lot of the top prospects are finding places. Kevin Knox goes to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I think... Trayvon Duvall is going to go to Duke. Trayvon is definitely going to go to Duke. Which is why Frank Jackson, I think, you know who helped Trayvon, his decision to yeah. go to the NBA. You know, I, you know who Trayvon reminds, reminds me of? Derrick Rose when he was coming out of Memphis. Duvall is good. Duvall is really good. He just doesn't have a jumper, which might uh, hamper, his, hamper his play in the NBA. But still, he pretty athletically. It's yeah. only in high school. 
Um, we should talk about. I want Bamba. Bamba hasn't declared yet. He hasn't decided. He has not declared. He he looks like a Rudy Gobert kind of guy. Yeah, he's a defensive freak. Maybe Clint Capella. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about 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 the nug- about Manuel Mudiay because I feel like he hasn't really been talked about on this podcast yet, and it's pr- been pretty bad because he's. We, when we drafted him, were you excited when we drafted him? Yes. I, I claimed him. We, I claimed that he was a point guard of the future. I thought he was going to be a, immediately come in and be a star for the Nuggets, and that has just been a train wreck. Because his, we knew what his flaws were coming out. We didn't think they were going to be this bad. But they, it looks, it's like they magnified or got worse as the season went on, and then this season went on too. Yeah. He didn't ever improve. You know, he's sort of the same player he was when he came out of college. Yeah, and he has those moments, like, the earlier in the year against the Celtics when he scored, like, 24 points in the th- first quarter. Yeah. And he went off. But he has those moments, but then he's so inconsistent. He'll go out, he have a great three-game stre- three, three stretch where he averages, averages, like, 17 and 8. And then he'll follow it up with a game where he shoots, like, 0 for 11 from the field. Yeah. And with no assists. And I think we... As as, a, as like a fan base, we ba- we were so excited when we got him, and he just turned out to be such a disappointment. I think there's still time. I I talked about this last week yeah. or a few weeks ago. He he seems like he finally gets what he needs to do. Yeah, and he's, this is he has a chance to take over the starting job for Jameer. He definitely does. He's gonna try and have to fight off Jamal. That'll be interesting to see That'll how Malone handles that whole rotation. He probably won't handle it right until or if, like <laughs> December fifteenth. Or if Moutier is even on the team, uh, interesting, but, interesting stuff to yeah. decisions for Connolly in the front office to make. I think they have to keep in mind the development of young point guards usually, because it's weird with point guards how they develop. Because no one saw Lowry turning into this all-star caliber point guard. But when they but, do, but it's when they do, it's pretty amazing. immediate yeah. and fast. Yeah, he kind of turned it around. He was a 16th pick out of Villanova. Uh, Lowry was. Uh, there, there are a lot of guys like that. It's just, I, I think it's hard to see that potential with Moody anymore. There's sometimes you can see it, but it's just so inconsistent. He has so much work to do. It's just hard to see it anymore. You think about Ty Lawson in the nugget, on the Nuggets. He was pretty good, but we were always waiting for him to take the next step, and he it never just did. never happened. And he's, his career's fallen off after the Nuggets. Because George Call is the perfect coach for him, or was. Yeah. I think if he went to Houston this year, he would also have a really good. But he messed that system. up. Yeah, it's it's just the development of young point guards is weird. But I I just don't see the potential of Moody anymore. It's difficult. I'd give a let's see how he does this off season, and then we'll if he come, if he doesn't come back with at, at least like a three percent improvement from the field or from the three point line, I think it's time to cut to cut loose. I would agree. Because he's he needs to improve his shooting from all over the floor all over the floor. I agree. Anything else? No, I think that that about wraps it up this, this week. That wraps it up this week. Um, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter. You can listen on SoundCloud, iTunes. Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a, po- a five-star review <laughs> on, the iTunes, on iTunes. Either leave oh, us a yeah. five-star review or don't leave us any review. At all. Yeah, please don't leave <laughs> us a one-star review. We only have like six reviews up there right now. Oh, but yeah, we became a five-star podcast this, uh, this last week, which I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Um, I think it's our eighth episode. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate any feedback. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. 
we've already plugged it once in the show, but we're going to keep, keep plugging it until the day we die. The ARBT podcast. If you haven't followed it by now, you're probably not going to follow it eventually because we <laughs> plug it like every day, every time we podcast. All right. So uh, at the ARBT, ARBT podcast, follow me at, at NOSC25. Follow Kyle at something. Kyle Schulte 17. Kyle Schulte 17. Um, um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, have a good day. We'll see you next week.